Hi and welcome to Elsie's Mundo uh, Book Club podcast. Okay, Hello, Nikki. Hello. How are you today? <laughs> I'm good. Okay, so for the listeners, I would like to introduce Nikki, who is my good friend for almost 20 years. Oh my goodness. So mm-hmm. yes, um I would like you to to just like talk about the book that you brought for us today. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um yeah, the book I have is called The Myth of Normal. It's written by um Gabor Mate, Dr. Gabor Mate. This is a psychology, well, mostly psychology book about illnesses, healing, mental health, these kind of things. So this is the kind of book that I usually read nowadays. So And I found it very uh, inspiring. What, what prompted you to read psychology topic books? Mm-hmm. So um, I'm just interested in this topic in general. Also things like uh, generational trauma, like understanding uh oneself better i think this is just uh also because of my personal let's say life experiences this is something i've been working on uh also because of myself and and also i think it's good to understand other people better where their behavior comes from and uh how what we can do in general to understand ourselves better so yes this is a book that uh I haven't finished yet, so I've read around a third of it so far. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it has a lot of uh, good information in it. Mm. Is it a heavy read? Um, well, it's, uh, it, it um, is not too heavy. Sometimes it's a bit technical. Like, um, the, the author is a physician, so he, he practiced medicine for decades. Now he's almost 80 years old today. Wow. And uh, sometimes he, yeah, sometimes he writes some, uh, you know, some expressions that I don't know from medicine, these uh, kind of things. But he, it also has a lot of anecdotes, real life examples, stories of people, which I think is also always very interesting. Mm-hmm. Some are, some have a good outcome, some have a bad outcome. For example? Um, yes, yeah, so, so mainly... The the author says that a lot of illnesses come from uh, like psychological traumas or traumatic experiences. So um, sometimes there are examples of people who were able to overcome these things and they they could heal physically and emotionally as well, and now they are leading happy lives. But unfortunately, there are some examples where somebody yeah couldn't do this and they died I don't know because of cancer or something like that. Oh, wow. So his theory is basically like everything that we push away, everything that we repress is going to, you know, manifest itself in different illnesses or things like that. Um, yes, yes. And um, <clears throat> he, he, most of the things he said come from childhood, early childhood, and how, how the, the young child's needs were not met when they were and it doesn't have to be a very, very, I don't know, extreme traumatic event. It can be yeah. simply something that the baby was crying and the parents couldn't pick him or her up for some reason. Oh my God. And it, I don't know. So, so aren't we so all I, doomed? 
Uh, well, probably. So <laughs> I don't know, but I think I think this is um. Yes, yeah, so some people argue that uh, he's he has very uh, extreme views or, or pessimistic views, but knowledge behind what he says to 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 justify his his arguments. But anyway, I think it it still gives a good good overall view of where our emotions come from, uh, how to understand these and how to deal with these. Mm -hmm. Okay, so like, why why is it uh, titled the myth of being normal or the myth of normal? Mm -hmm. So um, he says that modern society is very far from what humans were at the beginning. He has examples of you know, tribes who still live in jungles, like very, very simple, uh, who have very simple lives compared to modern societies with all the technology around us. And he said that that's, that's uh, the, how uh, humans are bio uh, biologically, uh, let's say, that's the best for them to live biologically. But we are surrounded by so many, you know, societal norms, so many expectations, so many practices. Yeah that are not, not good for us. And he said a lot of the problems come from, come from this. Oh, wow. And uh, he said, um, yes, and he said, they, what, what we uh, today consider as normal is very, very different from what it was, I don't know, thousands of years ago for humans. And that's why it's a myth, because it, it shouldn't be, it's not good for us. That's, he said, uh, a lot of problems come from this. Mm -hmm. I see. Yeah, that's an interesting point of view. I've read it also already in different other psychologists. I agree. I I'm not sure. Well, of course, I don't have that much knowledge that he has. But um, uh, I know those people criticize his books. They they think, oh, why why does he um, why does he trace back everything to early childhood experiences? Mm -hmm. And uh, well, the biggest thing is that he, as a baby, experienced something traumatic when he was a little child. And probably that's that's why he emphasizes this so much. I would say maybe, yeah, as a result of that, maybe there will be other experiences later in life that that can result in I don't know illnesses or just uh, bad coping mechanisms, bad behavioral patterns. So I think sometimes sometimes he maybe generalizes mm -hmm. a couple of things, but overall I think this uh, book gives a really good insight into how humans behave, how the mind works. And, and I think it's very, very good to understand these and then try to approach healing, knowing these things. Well, what about the learning process? I mean, you know, if you mm -hmm. make the same things, like you said about coping mechanism, okay, like, you know, there is one thing that is hurtful to me or that is somehow unconsciously triggering me. But once mm -hmm. it's on a conscious level, I can learn or, you know, with the nowadays famous term, I can unlearn the, oh, the yes. damaging habit or I can just, you know, cope with it in different ways. Like, it's the same thing mm -hmm. like when we were children and you had to do these mazes and then you started on one, mm -hmm. one way. Oh, no, this is not good. Okay, let's go back to the starting point. Okay, now I found the correct way to deal with it. So, I don't mm -hmm. know. I agree with um, you about, well, the, yeah. <laughs> about the overgeneralization that I, f I believe mm -hmm. or maybe I'm just like very you know optimistic that there must be a solution like we don't have to suffer all of our lives and mm -hmm. 
Yes. And and I think what's also good that he also suggests that the same way how we, we let's say learned yes, these habits, that there is a it is possible to heal and then uh, it is possible to yeah, to, to fix these things. Mm -hmm. And then I haven't read this chapter yet, but towards the end of the book there's a chapter about some uh, let's say ways. It says like healing principles. Mm-hmm. And he said one number one is authenticity. He he places a really huge emphasis on being authentic. So people should allow themselves to be their true selves. He he gives exam he gave examples before earlier in the book that let's say there was a married couple where one of the partners uh was that didn't allow uh themselves to, to be their real selves because they were afraid that the partner wouldn't like it. So this person was uh, afraid to say no, was doing things they didn't really want to do. And in the end, there was just a lot of resentment, a lot of stress because of that. And then this person developed a kind of illness. And, and uh, the author says that this comes from not being authentic, not being able to express yourself freely who you are. So he said that uh, doing that is very important, even if, even if people might not accept you or might not understand you he said it's very important to to be happy and healthy and then yes no 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 i'm just thinking it's just like you know you push yourself away when you are in a relationship i mean i think that's also very common like we have to come to compromise we have to choose do we want to be in mm -hmm. a relationship do we want to choose a partner for our lives and that also means certain compromises, hopefully not for our whole lives, but, you know, in certain times, because my partner mm -hmm. wants to do something else than I want to do, or mm -hmm. he wants to eat something else than I want to eat. And I agree that it's on the long term, it's not healthy, but, you know, always being authentic uh, to myself, I mean, then, okay, I'm ready to meet to a, ready to move to a desert island. <laughs> Because that's where I can be authentic to myself because I don't have to adapt myself to the society and other constraints. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I understand uh, what you mean. I think it's good to have a balance. Like even if, let's say, yeah, of course you have to compromise, but, but to, to be aware that you made this conscious de decision and you're aware that this was your your free choice decision, not... How should I say that? Yeah, you didn't just say say yes to something, but um, uh, hmm. sorry, I don't know how to say this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. I think like yeah. you don't you just say because of the author ex expectations. Yeah, but you really I think want it's also, to compromise with something. Yes, I think it's also good to to yeah to uh, also communicate this with with the other person who who you are yeah, doing this with, like it can be a partner, it can be a parent, it can be a friend, just to set set healthy boundaries. And yes, you would need to compromise still from time to time, but know that it was where, where this decision came from. Yeah. Okay. Well, a piece of advice, mm -hmm. yes. And uh, another, yes, another healing principle he has is agency. Uh, he uses words starting with the letter A, and actually that's why, so it was authenticity and as agency, and I word responsibility. So take responsibility for uh, your actions or for your decisions. And I think that is also very good because a lot of people don't yeah. 
take responsibility. They maybe they they uh, blame others. They blame the I don't know event, unfortunate events, mm-hmm. things like that. Instead of realizing that they can make change as well. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Thank you for your recommendation. What made you pick up this book? Have you heard about this before, or did someone um, recommend actually- it to you? Yeah, this is a relatively new book. I think it came out last year, so yeah, 2022. And this is so far the book that he's, I think, probably his longest book. And also he he has written like uh, similar books earlier. Mm-hmm. And but this has everything, all the knowledge, all that he accumulated so far is like his masterpiece, let's say. That's how he, he considers it. And he wrote it together with his son, actually. Oh, so wow. I think it's also interesting from my perspective. So yeah, it was very popular. It was everywhere in the bookshops. And also he he's very active giving interviews, presentations, traveling around the world. He has come to Hungary a couple of times. He has so, Hungarian yeah, origin, I just... right? Sorry? He has Hungarian origin, right? Yes. So, so uh, now he's Canadian, but uh, he was born in Hungary. Oh, wow. Okay. So yes, he, he still speaks Hungarian, even though he, he moved to Canada when he was a child when he was a child. Oh wow. Okay. And um yeah, so if, if anybody's interested in his uh views and his work, there are so many interviews with him on YouTube. You can just type his name and you can find hours long interviews with him. So this is how it started basically. I, I saw his interviews and then I watched, I don't know, maybe ten hours worth of interviews with him on YouTube. Mm-hmm. That I became more and more interested, and then he he kept talking about this book, so I just wow. I just uh, bought it in the end. Oh wow, that's cool! Thank you for mm-hmm. sharing. And have you heard about? It's very similar to the, um. You know the in Hungarian, its title is Örökölt Sorsok, Inherited mm-hmm. I think Faith or something like that would be the English title mm-hmm. by Orvostod mm-hmm. Naimi. I think. Have you read that one as well? Uh, unfortunately not. I've heard about it, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. I haven't. I haven't read it. Uh, but I've heard. I think this topic is very popular nowadays in general mm. with people. Yeah. Maybe because people want to understand uh, themselves better. Yeah. And then yes, how to how to find yeah, find solutions mm-hmm. to some yeah. problems. Did you read this book actually? Yes, I read both of her books. She even goes mm-hmm. further. She doesn't say it's like from the early childhood. She says we get it in our genes already, which is also very mm-hmm. depressing if you think about it. Like it's it's totally the predestination. Like, okay, if, if your parents' lives or if your grandparents' lives were already like, you know, with suffering and like that, that one is encoded in you as well. And that's super scary. And especially like, you know, in Hungary, like where we come from, every family has a traumatic event, like the Second World War and everything like, you know, was just happening in our countries. And lots of people had to migrate. Lots of people had lots of traumas. Lots of people had even my own grandparents. uh, I think one of my grandfather was in a Siberian uh, camp or he he, he Mm. was in a in a prisoner of war camps fortunately mm-hmm. just for a very you know short time 
but it's still traumatic, right? And my yes, grandma yes. still didn't know, like, after how many years she's going to see her husband again. And, mm-hmm. you know, I heard a couple of stories. But also in Hungary, I think, like, these things to talk about within the family are quite taboo. So that also doesn't help, of yes. course. And so Orvostotnoimi goes even further than that. She said, oh, like, everything is there, but you can change it. And let's go back and let's go to, like, a family what is the name of the session, you know, when there is like a group of clients on in the therapy? But... A therapy session? Uh, yes, but they, they act like a out... therapy? I'm not sure. Yeah, like they act out as your family. In this family... Like a psychological... Uh, yes, the family... Like psychodrama? Re- yes, yeah, psychodrama or family remodelation or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And that's it. So, I don't mm-hmm. know. It looks scared because, you know, from especially like with our with our careers and everything, we were always taught at the university, like your faith is in your hand. You can do what you want. You do how you want it. And, you know, all of this, you know, also like from the media, especially from the Hollywood Mm -hmm. movies, this is what comes and suddenly yeah. all of this like oh well actually it's already decided before you were born because uh what your mother was thinking or what your grandparents were were going through influenced you as well so i don't mm-hmm. know sometimes what to believe um, yeah i i i understand and uh i think in a way this is because i've been thinking about this and i i felt oh i envy those people so much who let's say who, who have whose families or their ancestors would have this background, let's say the, the last previous two or three generations. Mm-hmm. No, it's so much better for them because they, they come from a much, uh, much more stable background, let's say, and they have a better, better, a better start in life. But then somebody told me that, that, um, yes, that's, that's great. Maybe they can get, become successful easier or they can achieve what they want easier. But, um, but being aware of where we come from, let's say, where our families come from, what our history is, and succeed, succeed like that, that that is a much bigger achievement. And, and um, just, yeah, you're more, let's say, persistent. You're more uh, ambitious mm-hmm. to, to achieve what you want. Yeah. You're right. It's like really the age of awakening, not like not necessarily spiritually mm-hmm. or whatever, but also like people start to be aware and then why do I do this? What do I do this? Mm-hmm. You just don't want to run in circles and you know. Definitely. Especially the two of us, we definitely uh broke up with the traditional lifestyles like, you know, after university find a stable job, start a family and that's it. Many people uh still do it and many many people did it especially in the previous generations just like that was the normal yes you didn't want to stand out or you didn't want to you know think or be aware of uh... yeah i think people were not even aware of how of the choices they had or maybe they just simply didn't have so many choices as we do now yeah in this in this day and age probably both and Yes, and I, I, I agree that I think in general, I think maybe in all societies, you know, yeah, people people just have this need to 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 find solutions mm-hmm. or to, to understand the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. If you notice that. 
And I think this is the also mentions this so that we, we become more and more detached. Like, all, you know, with all the technology, the smartphones, the having to be present all the time, social media, all these things. It's just so different from like making, you know, meaningful human con connections like in person. Yeah. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. That also resonates with Harari's book. That, um, what what is it in that book the human connections that we are so much like he said that everything we want to do to make our lives easier but instead we make it more overwhelming mm -hmm. so for example mm -hmm. you know like before how there was the post and then you had to wait ages until the letter came and then you had to like write mm -hmm. it like you know for a long time and then went to the post and send it again and it took a long time but it was more meaningful because you really want you really just wrote what you wanted to write and now we have emails and everyone's email uh, post box is already flooded even with spams and things like that so just the thing that you can you can have it instantly instead of reducing the time spent mm -hmm. with it increase the time spent with it because now you even have to start selecting which one is important which one you reply mm -hmm. which one you do now which one's like you know everything is like too fast-paced this is not what what uh, humans are supposed to get used to he doesn't talk about the psychological aspect um he talks mm -hmm. more about economical and also like societal uh, aspect how as a whole mm -hmm. as a society reacts to that but but I can see the connection between these two books because it's also like, you know, with the more emails, it's also like super uh, overwhelming to to the one person and it's also overwhelming to the whole family or to, you know, to the other family members mm -hmm. like that. Yes, definitely. Yes, mm -hmm. yes so, so I think, I think uh, yeah, in general, this is this is very good. Um, examples one of his is a big uh theories also um the duality between attachment and authenticity that's exactly this so we talked about authenticity that um mm -hmm. you should be your true self that you should be able to express yourself who you are but then maybe some people might not like it and that's where attachment comes in uh, and he said actually when you are a baby you really need you depend on attachment to to your parents Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you might die. If you don't get food, you die. So attachment is very necessary. But then how to balance the two things to to have attachment and to be authentic at the same time. Mm -hmm. And yes, I, th I think um, now, nowadays with all the media and everything, like attachment has changed a lot as well. Mm -hmm. Maybe you, I don't know, you don't have so much like actual contact with with friends anymore or um it has changed and but but let's say people people depend on know, social media the like so how many likes do i have do people like me? you know this i think this is also kind of attachment mm. but i think it's a very unhealthy one it's more like an addiction already i think like oh i mm -hmm. have to post yeah. especially like you know with the influencers oh i have to post i have to generate engagement otherwise you yes. know i'm not going to get sponsorships and whatever and i'm just like mm -hmm. yeah it's tiring. Yeah, I look at it, and I, and I felt this. It feels like a, feels like a dystopian. It is thing. already. <laughs>
I want to go back to that um, sentence, what you said that, okay, we need attachment and mm -hmm. things like that. And I'm thinking, but it doesn't only um, get predestined in the moment of, mm -hmm. okay, I'm crying and my mom doesn't speak up. So, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, for example, in my case, I had this heart operation when I was like one year old. So obviously mm -hmm. in the first months in my life, I, I wasn't picked up as many times mm -hmm. as like, you know, mm -hmm. like, a, yeah. like just a normal child or something, because I was in the mm -hmm. hospital and I was alone and probably scared and, you know, like a lot yes. of noise with machines and stuff like that. So I don't know. Luckily, I don't remember. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. But and I also think like some people have really cold shouldered parents and mm -hmm. but I think like it must also depend on on the on the exact person because somebody who has a cold parent could change into the most affectionate person because you know mm -hmm. he didn't get that affection so now he's going to spread it or he's going to need it or he's gonna be like super dependent mm -hmm. or he's going to be like an avoidant attachment just like his parents were because this mm -hmm. is what he got used to like oh i if i whenever i turn to them with love i i was just like you know refused so that's also like my strategy for the life so mm -hmm. I think it's, I don't know, does he talk about the individual differences in his book? I'm not sure. So it, he might mention it, but I'm just not there. Oh, so okay. as I said, mm -hmm. I'm still, uh, let's say, the first third in the book. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, it's interesting. I'm also thinking, let's say, siblings, let's say they have the same parents, they have the same, let's say, childhood experiences, or even twins. I, I know... I have relatives who are twins and they are very different personalities oh, wow. and they probably had the same, you know, the same upbringing, the same childhood experiences. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So where, where does your personality come from? I wonder, yeah. like that, that's something, it's something you inherit. It's just, I don't know, happens to you. Yeah. And then there also, yes, also all of these. And I bet like, you know, all the children who were born in the, in the past 10 years or something, they will have a totally different personalities because they also have more stimulations by the media, smartphones, mm -hmm. whatever, and like that. I don't know if you have seen, like, there was, mm -hmm. like, um, a thread in one of the social media sites, and it was like, oh, this is how, like, uh, my child looks at me, and five years, a five-year-old child drew all of her family with just, like, a big square. Because like what she sees from them is that they are always in front of the tablet or always in front of the mm -hmm. phone. And that's like, oh my God, that's so scary. That's really a dystopia mm -hmm. already. Mm -hmm. I think. I'm not sure if I have one favorite book. I have several that I liked. Mm -hmm. And one of them is uh, from Haruki Murakami, This Hard Boiled Wonderland and the End of the World. Oh, wow. I didn't know Wait. that you like Murakami too. Okay. <laughs> This is uh, this is the only book I read from him. Okay. So that that is a very interesting book. It is quite sur surreal, I would say, mm -hmm. because there are two parallel stories, and one one takes place in the actual real world, and the other one inside the head of the uh, main character, which is like a, a small world in itself with a location. Like I think it's like a village or something it. like that. So it's very interesting. Mm hmm. And uh, the reason why I, I think I'm connected to this book is is the the added, let's say added emotion for me because the person who I got this book from 
is not alive anymore. And actually, when I started writing the book, it was already after after this person died. So for me, it's just an extra oh, layer wow. of adding to this, I don't know. Oh, um, It's a very interesting feeling in this book. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think it's very interesting because now that I think of it, it probably also has something to do with psychology, the subconscious, like, you know, the things that happen in yeah. your own head. Yeah. So... More and now we just talked about this psychology book, yeah. so it's very interesting. Yes. And I think it's also like, you know, how there is also this theory that the books talk to each other, but then they talk to each other through us, because that's like one connection between us. So like what I said, the books talk to each other as well through us. Like, you know, if, if you read the same book with someone, it's like there is a connection already. Can you hear me now? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I couldn't hear your previous sentences very well. Okay. Okay. Never mind. And one more question before we finish. Have you published anything or are you thinking of publishing mm-hmm. or writing something? Um, or are you thinking about no. publishing? I I like writing, but not fiction. I like, I just like writing in English in general. But I've written a couple of articles, some, um, I don't know, like essays at university or, or for work. I just I just enjoy the process. Oh, my God. Um, really? Oh, wow. I <laughs> hated it. I'm sorry. If any of the from the previous mm-hmm. universities we attended together listens to it, but nah, mm-hmm. I wouldn't do it again. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I... I didn't, I mean, once I started and once I'm in the flow, let's say, I can enjoy it, but it um, doesn't always happen. Actually, mm-hmm. a couple of times what I did, like, um, sometimes I'm inspired by even just a small moment, that something that I ha- happened to me, something I saw, and then I feel, oh, I really want to write this down. And then I write maybe just a paragraph or two, mm-hmm. and then I just post it on Facebook, and, and people like it, and they say, wow, this is really well written. We should really do this more often. So I, I had a comment like this a couple of years ago mm-hmm. um, when I, I wrote about my experience just being in Colombia when I was in traveling, when I, when I was traveling. Mm-hmm. And then that's the thing that it happens so rarely to me, maybe just once a year that I feel like, I don't know, it's inspired, let's say. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting. I feel like when I, I'm not in this mindset, when I don't have this feeling, I feel it would be very forced and it wouldn't come naturally to me. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess like a lot of writers are like also struggling with that, especially, you know, like well, when you have a contract with a publisher and the publisher says, mm-hmm. okay, now I want romantic novel. Now I want this and that. I mean, it's not how it happens. It's like just very simplified, but... Mm-hmm. I think like oh, that's very hard. I love the spur mm-hmm. moments of uh, inspiration as well. So what mm-hmm. was what was this trip uh, about Colombia that inspired you, or what what part of it? That was just a very very small moment. It was the football World Cup in the world, uh, and I think hmm, I think it was Colombia versus. I'm not I'm not sure actually, but I was in a very tiny Colombian village. And um, the the football matches were on TV everywhere, like even in the bars, cafes, and so on. And I have some free, I had some free time, and I was sitting in in one of these cafes. Mm-hmm. I was in the coffee region in Colombia, so it, drinking authentic Colombian oh, wow. coffee that was like very nice. And 
I think I think yes, I think it was not Colombia, but they, it was the final match, and it was against France, France and probably Croatia. Mm-hmm. I'm not hundred percent sure. And then uh, whenever Croatia was winning, or that was the the team that was not very likely to win. And then people were cheering for that team, which was not likely to win. And I felt so connected to them because I felt like probably because they, they uh, didn't reach too far ahead in the football World Cup either. So just mm-hmm. felt a sense of community among people. And then and then then the match finished and then they turned the TV off and then a person started to play the guitars, live music. They started going back to their usual lives. I, I found that moment very interesting, very, very common. Thank you for sharing. Mm. All right. Mm-hmm. As a last question, I would like to ask mm-hmm. you what or why you would recommend a book of Myth of Normal to our listeners. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, so why I would recommend it to them? Yes. Um, I think if anybody, if uh, they're interested in, in this kind of topics, uh, I think it's it's a very good uh, choice. But again, maybe what I would recommend is is uh, go on YouTube, look at some videos from the author, like uh, interviews with him, and see see if you like them or not. And this, this book specifically is if you want to understand uh, how societies work and how the individual in the society works and yes i think i think this is basically for for anybody thank you for your recommendation okay thank you very much and thank you for giving me the chance Thank you for being with us for this month as well and follow Ersasis Mundo. Stay tuned for more book reviews. Bye!